This DJ Shab, the hottest DJ in the South right now, and you are now tuned in to Tia versus Fancy Cash Podcast. And I'm telling you, it's about to go down, down, down. Welcome back to the Tia versus Fancy Cash Podcast. Today I have with me my good friend, Miss Tiffany McLeod. She's a graduate of FAMU. She's an educator a recipient of the Florida High Impact Teacher Award, and that award symbolizes her achievement in having some of the highest test scores in the state of Florida for some of the most academically challenged students. She's a pageant competitor. She has competed in the Miss Florida USA, the Miss Kendall USA, and she was the first African-American to place in the Miss Miami pageant. She was Miss Florida Bikini Bowl, and she was a representative for the Panthers hockey team. Tiffany, is there anything you wanted to say? Dang, girl, you know, you know, juice me up a little bit. So <laughs> I'm Well, I was also Miss Bikini Miami and Miss Bikini Sunshine State as well. So I have competed in quite a few pageants. Um, coming from no pageant experience at all. Girl, I got on YouTube with my friends and it took me this far. So that's it. Girl, let me tell you, my first pageant that I did, remember, I feel like that's how we started like really building a relationship when I did my first pageant and you reached out to me and was like, if you need any tips, any advice. and um, I, I do you. remember that. Right. And girl. <laughs> And then after I had my baby and I was like, I didn't post pictures on social media for like months. And then when I finally came back posting pictures and I, you know, my caption was something along the lines of like, people don't know how much, you know, pregnancy will change the way you look and feel about yourself and your body. And you was like, girl, listen, like I was not always this slim. And if you need any help, like, you know, getting fine as you want to be and losing that baby tummy, like you literally reached out and gave me all this all this diet advice and better eating, exercising. I remember. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did. I like, after I lost all that weight, like, honestly, anybody that know me, know me, they gain, they know I gained so much weight. Like, I was almost 200 pounds. So, I just was trying to tell everybody, like, this is what you have to do to lose right. Like, I was just, I was going crazy. Like, I was just letting everybody know. And now, like, honestly, I love fitness. Like, even... You know, when I struggle with certain things, I still try to at least do something, whether it's stretch, you know, and sometimes when I'm in a really good mood, I go really hard. And that's when you see me on Instagram, you know, with my little four pack going, you know, looking real cute. Yeah, sure. Your bikini pictures are goals, by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I try, I try. Yeah. Um, so let's go into today's topic. Okay. Let me clear my throat, child, because you know this topic is, whoo, child, this is a very sensitive subject, so let me get myself together. Okay. So, no <sighs> woman should be taught that love is measured by how much shit you tolerate from a man. October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and this month is to help raise awareness to end domestic violence, to take a stand, to be a voice, and to show support for victims and survivors. If you or anyone that you may know are a victim, the national hotline for domestic violence is 1-800-799-SAFE. 
That's 1-800-799-7233. They will put you in contact with different resources in your area, whether it be for food, shelter, clothes, legal advice, financial assistance. Am I missing anything, Tiffany? Um, as well as if you're if you have citizenship in the US based on your marital status and you're in that relationship in that household and you're being abused, if you do decide to seek help, they also put you in contact with resources to get a divorce as well as to gain your citizenship so that, you know, they don't have to be afraid that they're going to lose their citizenship and stay in a potentially, you know, deadly situation just so that they can have, you know, the American citizenship. They can reach out to those resources that they'll put them in contact with people that can actually help them. Okay. So, all right. I'm going to start asking questions. Tiffany, you ready? I don't know, but... <laughs> Do not cry on me today, okay? <laughs> Look. Look, we're gonna you be strong today. I have to keep from crying, so yes, we're gonna we're gonna try to like be uplifting in this episode. We are not gonna cry because listen, when I cry, I sound so ugly, okay? <laughs> no crying, no crying, okay. So, um, our first question that I wanted to ask you today was, um, well, you were a, a victim of domestic violence, and um, I wanted to know. That's for anybody who didn't even know um, that. And what we we talk about this all the time, and we always say like, um, if if being pretty and successful and having a nice body, um, and being degreed, it was a cheat code to, um, I guess, like, if it was a cheat code to escape from being abused or hurt or mistreated or plagued like cheated on any of that I promise you we would have it like we we should have it all yeah because I feel like Like, you you are all of that that's all you had to have child life would be golden but right unfortunately you know that's not life what you have and how you look has nothing to do with what life brings you and I've realized that like it's all about you and more of a spiritual journey with yourself like all that other stuff it it doesn't matter exactly exactly so my first question for you is Tiffany the relationship when when and how did it start well it started back in 2000 16. Well, we met in 2015. And um, I had recently started a new job and he worked there before I had gotten there. He was already employed. And um, some of my co-workers, they were like, you know, have you met this guy? And I'm not going to name his name. We're going to call him Baltimore. Okay. He should not be spoken. Baltimore. He should not be spoken. His <laughs> name is Baltimore. <laughs> like in Harry Potter. Yes. Right. So, they were like, you know, have you met him? You know, he's a really great guy. And I think you guys would just be so cute and mesh well together. And I'm like, no, you know, I'm kind of dating right now. You know, no. So I ended up going to our end of the year holiday party. And um, we met there and we were talking and it was really great. We didn't exchange numbers or anything. Um, we went back to work and 
you know, some of the teachers were just, oh shit. Some of the people were just saying, you know, just go for it. Like, just talk to her. So he asked me for my number, really respectful, super sweetheart. Like, after work, he would always take me out to go to ice cream or we would go to the park. Like, it was, like, perfect. I'm like, oh, my God, God sent me the man I've been praying for. Oh, my goodness. Like, I'm just, like, it was, honestly, it was perfect. Like, our first date was awesome, very thought out, well planned out. I was late, but I was cute, so it didn't matter. But um, we went out on our first date, and he chose different restaurants for us to do different activities at. Like, one restaurant, we went and had appetizers. Another one, we went and had drinks. Then another one for dinner, dessert. Like, it was really nice. It was really thought out. And I really appreciated that. So, I just, it was, it was awesome. Like, Y'all was cute. Y'all was real cute. Like, I would have been all in love. I'm like, okay, like, this is what dating is. Like, it's not, oh, what you doing all day basically bothering me. It's really putting in an effort. So I was like, okay, this is awesome. Yeah, I I feel like I have been through something like that, too, where I feel like a guy was just so perfect. They did everything right. They actually set the standard for um, future relationships, like, what I expect from a man and what I won't tolerate from a man because mm-hmm. he had so much time. Um, well, he didn't even have that much time to spend with me, but he made time, you know? And mm-hmm. um, as far as like putting in the effort, it was like amazing because it, he literally made me feel like I was the only person in the world. Like nobody could come right. before me. Um, I was the only girl he saw. Like I was the only girl he had eyes for. And then it just took a turn for the worse. Like, he just completely, like, changed. And it was a shock to me. And it's so crazy because I felt like I hurt myself. I feel like I hurt myself because I ex- I, I, I let my guard down because I saw I was so blinded by what he was doing for me. I didn't see him for who he really was. Right. I think that's um, a lot of um the problem when it comes to us women like we we come we run into this good thing and we think like oh yeah god sent me this man he doing this he doing that but we kind of overlooking his flaws because we we kind of make excuses like exactly yeah, like but we'll, we'll get into that <laughs> we'll get into that a little later but um, right. so Okay, so all this is happening, you know, he's whining down to you. You think this is Mr. Perfect. Y'all are, you know, just two peas in a pod. Y'all like love birds going through the honeymoon phase. So when did um the first like when did the abuse start? Um, the abuse started about I would say about five months later. Okay. Did he show no, any signs about, of being abusive before it started? About three months after that was the very first one. And it was because we got into it because I felt really disrespected that in front of my face, I felt as though he was entertaining, you know, like flirtatious attention from other women. Like it wasn't just conversation. I don't care. But it was like flirting, the touching of the chest. Like it was just too much. It was just that's a lot. And I told him that and he was like, well, actually, even though I spend all of my time with you, we're just dating so I can do whatever I want. Hold up, pause. Why are men like that? Like, why? What? Why what did you just say to me? Like, why do they what? think? What? 
girl right i would have been taken aback i'd have been like hold up because first of all he would have been the one um picking his teeth up off the floor at that <laughs> point what's your sign tiffany i'm a libra so i'm a very fair person i don't like a whole lot of whole lot of but promotion is wrong a whole lot of whole lot of to me then you know hey yeah, no, I totally understand. That's my first love was actually a Libra, and he is very like calm. He's like a gentle giant. He like real calm, cool, collected until you bother him. That's when he gonna turn up. Like he just, you know, has has that breaking point. But me, on the other hand, I'm a I, I was born in May. I'm a Taurus, so I Ooh, am the firecracker. <laughs> like I am stubborn. I am a firecracker, and just a thought of a man telling me like, oh. You know, we we act like we together, but we're not together. I can do what I want to do. No, sir, that's not how this works. Like, right? And girl, that all this time into you, and all these, and I'm, and I'm emotionally invested into you. Like, you gonna give me my respect? Like, that's duty, right? Like that, right? Correct. And that's how I go about life. Like, respect is due. I don't care what what nah. Respect is due. So when he talked to me like that so rawly and I had never you know spoken to him like that before I had like a little pint of water like the little circular water bottles Mm -hmm. and I opened it and I poured it on him and I was like no the fuck you can't well done sis well done and I put top on the water and I was walking out his house and I think he called me like a bitch so I put the ironing board over as I was leaving and the next thing I know, this man put me like in a headlock, like my legs were dangling. I'm five nine, almost five ten. He's bigger than me, mm-hmm. significantly bigger than me. Um, at that time, I was only maybe my weight would fluctuate between one hundred and fifteen and one hundred and twenty pounds. So I'm really I'm not that big. Mm-hmm. Um, my legs were like levitating and literally he was choking me from I would say about three or four yards and then he like pushed me outside his door and he was cursing me out about like the water or whatever and I left after that like I I left now me personally I don't think that pouring water on the man and, I, and this is my this is my podcast and can't anybody tell me how to feel if you can in case anybody listening who feel like oh no she did wrong but i don't think that pouring water on a man should provoke him to choke you um and cuss you out like a dog so but do you think that you provoke him to hit you do you think like him hitting you was a result of you pouring the water on him or you felt like or do you feel like it was always in him to hit women this was just him i've feel like it's I don't know I don't know I always tell people because you never know like somebody could be one way with you and then be you know a completely different person with somebody else Mm -hmm. so I always say it's what people bring out of you yeah and not to say that that was my fault but maybe that was a trigger for him maybe something had happened in his life with that and that's what made him trigger I do know that he's had other experiences like now that I'm out. I know that he's had other experiences where, you know, he's put his hands on other women, but. Okay. So what, um, fast forward a little bit. Um, 
what would you say would have been like the worst fight maybe y'all got into or no what the worst Ooh. no 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 after that fight you you chose to stay right like y'all you know figured it out what, yeah, like, what made stopped. you stay after that first incident we stopped dating for like three weeks I wouldn't talk to him I wouldn't speak to him I wouldn't acknowledge him like in my mind I was like you're dead mm-hmm. like that's it but me, I'm the type of person, I start reflecting, like, even if I feel justified in my behavior, I'm still going to reflect to see, you know, is there anything that I could have handled differently? And I was like, you know what, I shouldn't have threw that water. So yeah. then, you know, he continued to reach out and I just heard what he had to say. And he was just like, you know, I apologize when you threw the water. I just felt really provoked. Da, 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 da. And I told him, I was like, don't ever, like, put your hands on me like that again. Like, I was like, do you know I could have died? I was like, you, when you choking somebody, I was like, you have no concept of the fuck. And then you're, you're choking me from behind. So it's not like you can even see my face. Right. Right. So, but at that time it was just, you know, we in love. And at that time it was just, you know, everybody wanted to be engaged and, Oh, you know, I'm getting older, so this has to work out, and it's that it's that mindset. Where, was it a public relationship? No, not at all. Okay, I refuse. I mean, I put a couple of pictures up of him, and he put a couple of pictures up of me or whatever. But I'm just, I'm a very private person. I would just prefer that my private life be just that private, right? Which is understood. People that's supposed to know my business, they know, and the ones that don't, hell, when you find out, you find out. Right. So would you say, even though the relationship wasn't public, would you say that just, okay, um, you went to FAMU. I'm pretty sure you have a lot of FAMU followers. Um, you're in a sorority and a lot of your line sisters, like literally that year were getting like engaged left and right. Do you feel like you were pressured into feeling like, um, you know, I have to make this work. Like everybody else around me is so happy. And, you know, couples go through things, couples fight. Let's just work this out or... Um, it wasn't necessarily that I felt pressure and they actually like he accompanied me to one of my line sister ceremonies like a couple of them had actually met him or whatever um, but it wasn't that I necessarily felt pressure but it's just like who wants to keep starting over when it comes to dating and like I said that was my mindset then now my mindset is completely different however then I just felt like you know it was like an age thing. I felt like it was a time, like everything had to be timed. By this age, I had to do this. By this time, I had to do this. Like it was like literally a clock for every single thing, everything. And I think that I put pressure on myself Mm -hmm. and I want things, well, I used to want things to be perfect. Like it has to be perfect. And life's just not that way. It's just not. So I don't think it was outside pressure. I think it was more so pressure for me to just, I don't know. I don't know what the hell was wrong with me. I don't know what I was thinking. Okay. So after the first incident, you guys made up um, and moved forward. How was the relationship um, for you guys? Once again, it was great. After that, like, we were awesome. Like, moving forward, we were great. And the next incident didn't happen for maybe 
I saw a little bit of anger. Like he started getting angry. We took a trip together back home and, you know, we had bought tickets to go different places. And when it came time to go, he didn't want to go. And me, I'm like, hold up. It's my birthday. I brought you to mother loving fam, you homecoming. And you're not going to come out with me? Mm-hmm. Me? I felt insulted. Yeah. I felt insulted, Loki. But he got, like, angry because I was still going out. And I'm like, listen, it's my birthday. I've come home to where I'm from. So I'm definitely going out, like, period. End of discussion. <laughs> so, um, Do that you think was- it was him being insecure? Like, why he didn't... Um, want you to celebrate and turn up especially in your hometown most definitely most definitely I just felt like we were trying to get up it was a car ride by I hope you didn't hear that but um (laughs) (laughs) anyway um yeah a little bit because previously you know you talk about previous relationships that you've been in or just previous people that you've dated and he did know that I've dated certain people with certain types of jobs, you know, whether it be in sporting or business or whatever. So I think that that maybe intimidated him a little bit, Mm. but, you know. There is nothing worse than an insecure man and a man that really can't take the type of person you are, but when they pursued you, they knew exactly who you are. Exactly who you are. Right, and that's why I didn't understand. And I felt like he was trying to, like, change me in a Control sense you and change you. Yeah. like it was just like why are you why are you on instagram or why do you always have to put your workouts up there it was just he was like you know why don't you focus on something better like more community service all of the energy that you put into trying to be a model you could put into you know being a principal and i'm like that's not what i want to do when you met me i was doing x y and z yep. Where were we? Okay, we were talking about um, insecurities and stuff. Like, literally, I was in a relationship. What year was this? I don't even remember what year it was. But I know I said, I told I told myself that I just hated being on camera. Um, I just didn't feel pretty. And the whole time, I did not realize during that period of me not posting my face on social media, I was depressed. And Mm-hmm. once I was like coming out of that depression and finding myself again and getting back to my old self like this vibrant outgoing tear I realized that the person that I was with would make comments like oh you posting all on social media looking for attention or you like you addicted to social media what you posting all this stuff for trying to be seen or you going out here and there what kind of attention you looking for but when I was like depressed and not posting on social media and just in the house, like just in the room to myself, not talking, not really being social with people and just in a shell, you were loving it. But not only were you loving that, not only were you loving the the me that wasn't the, the, the Tia that everybody knows, you were also loving everybody's pictures on social media and Instagram and Facebook like inappropriate pictures of different women and it was just like so it's okay when they do it but it's not okay when I do it so what's really the problem right what's what's the issue 
and it's like the person that I always was. I, I was. I, I've always been very outgoing and a people's person, very friendly. It's a big personality, and I felt like he couldn't take that. But you knew I was this person before you got with me, and that's what attracted you to me. But I felt like you couldn't handle my success and where I was going because when I would go to FAMU while I was going to school and I was attending stuff like homecoming or different conferences or going to parties and stuff when out of town, first thing you would say to me is, "Oh." Oh, what niggas in your face? Or how many numbers you got? Or you really got to wear that? What you got to wear that for? You trying to get attention? Right. It's like they they say it to try to bring you down. Honestly. But you don't realize it. It's like when you in it, you don't realize it. It's like, oh, well, he care. Or it's like. Oh, my man ain't going to let me go out like this. My man, no hell no. First of all, that's, that's, that's crazy. And I don't think like that anymore. I don't think that a controlling man is a man that loves me. And I dropped that notion a long time ago, years ago. Um, and at this point, I feel like if you can't handle my success and the person that I am, we don't need to be together. And um, all oh, because yeah. I, right, you hit the nail on the head, and that's just how I feel. I'm not changing myself. I love who I am now. I love who I am. And I know I got flaws to work on, but they're the flaws that I feel I have to work on because I know myself. So I'm not going to let nobody come in my life anymore and tell me what they don't like about me. Okay, well, if you don't like it, you can leave. Exactly. There's nothing worse than an insecure man, like bottom line. But let's. Okay. Okay. So what's like the worst event that happened? Um, after the after the birthday um incident happened, and you say you've seen some signs of anger, like what was like the worst event that you guys probably had been through as far as him putting his hands on you and abusing you? Um, well, we had gotten into it about the previous young lady while we were out drinking, and um, you know, I didn't really check him about it after the party. Well, during the party, but afterwards, you know, I definitely like checked him about it in the car. And he just started snapping on me. Like I said, we had been drinking. So um, when we got in my car, it was like he just started snapping on me. Like, I don't want to be in a relationship, all this other shit. Uh, ooh, can I curse? Girl, this okay. Curse. Curse, so <laughs> it was just like, it was just crazy to me. All the stuff he was talking. Like, I started snapping back because I'm like, listen, you don't want to be with me. I'm like, I got money. I got a car. I was like, yeah, we live together. But at the end of the day, I don't need you. Like, I got bread to bounce. Like, it's it's whatever. Like, I'm good. And at that point, you know, I was making more. But I'm not going to throw that in my significant other's face. Like, when we went out, I would give him my card so that he could pay for whatever so that he doesn't feel like he's less of a man. Mm-hmm. You know? But um, basically, we ended up getting back to our place after, like, arguing in the car. And um, he pushed me like it, when I tell you it was hard, it was hard. Like he had a king size bed and he pushed me and it was like I rolled like over the bed like he pushed me hard. So I had some um, leftover Chinese food on he the tried to, he tried to push you back to that party. <laughs> back. <laughs> so um, I had some leftover Chinese food and I picked it up. And I threw it and rice went everywhere. Like the little sweet and sour chicken Mm. took me like he came to the room and 
he had an injury, but he was coming to me like fast. So I tried to run and he grabbed my ass again and he hit me in my back and the side of my arm and he pushed me down and I tried to catch myself and I ended up falling on my wrist. And, um, and, um, I done told you we're not crying today. So, um, yeah, I fell on my wrist and like I said, he had an injury at the time, but he was like kicking me while I was down. Like he didn't have shoes on, but he was still kicking me. And, um, someone was staying at the house. Like I said, it was almost the holiday time. So someone was staying at the house and they had called somebody else that was staying there. And it was like, yo, like they getting into it. And, um, they like calmed both of us down or whatever. Cause I was crying. Like he was upset. It was a whole bunch of stuff. And, um, we woke up the next morning and he was just like, Oh, I got to take your car to go to work. So when he came back, like I did have like bruises on my arm and I didn't know like where everything. Okay. And you said you had a bruise on your arm. Yeah. I had like two bruises on my arm, but it was like on the back side of my um, right arm and then on the side of my right arm. So I took a picture of it so that I could see it. And um, we talked about it and he was just like, you know, I apologize. I know I got some things I need to work on, but you know, I, I never hit you in your face. I'll never hit you in your face. And that's what he always, like, used to say. To justify what he was doing? Yeah. Okay, so was there at any point in a relationship, since you chose to stay, that you saw the light at the end of the tunnel? Was it like a turning point where you felt like, okay, maybe things can get better? Was there anything that happened? or? Well, after that fight, um, things were really, really good. Like, when I tell you awesome, awesome trips everything it was awesome um now I will say after that awesome point like that's when things went like they didn't get better after that like it just got worse okay and why do you feel that way or what happened um okay I'm just gonna be honest um, I ended up getting pregnant and at that time like things were really really great with us like I still had my awesome job um, he was doing really well himself like we were good and I told him about it I thought I took the test and he was just like you know well how do you feel like what do you want to do and I was like um, he had gone on a trip and came back and I picked him up from the airport and um, he was just like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go to the doctor. And he was like, oh, so when are you going to schedule the appointment? I was like, I have to see when they have times available to, you know, see how far along I am, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, I thought you meant for an abortion. And I was like, why? Mm. Because at that time, like, for what? Like, I'm doing well. You're doing straight. Like, what's what's the issue? Like, what's the problem? So, um. He was just like, oh, I'm not ready to be a dad. I don't want to have no baby. So we started going back and forth about it. And then he told me, he was like, I don't want to have no baby with you. So I snapped. Like when I say you, I snapped, I snapped. Like I cursed him out. And um, after that, like it was, it was like tension in the house. And um, long story short, 
I just ended up setting the appointment because I was just like, you know, we had another big fight and we were in the car and I just told him, I was like, I'm feeling unsure about getting an abortion. Like I just, I feel unsure. Like it's something uneasy. And, um, he told me, he was like, why would you keep the baby? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, he was like, I feel like you're trying to trap me. So that made me snap. And like I said, I would never demean a man because I make more money than him. But I told him that I don't need him and that I have a family that love me. And if I wanted to, I would take that baby and he would never see me or that baby again. And he told me that I sounded like ghetto trash. So I told him his family was ghetto trash to raise somebody like him. And he decided to grab me by my hair. And I just started, like, I don't know what happened, but I just started fighting back. And we were literally, like, in my car on 90, fighting, literally. Mm. And, like, that was crazy to me. Like, we were going at it. And after that, like, I packed up all my stuff, like, literally food that I had bought, everything. And I left. And um, after that, I guess just to make sure that I had the abortion or whatever, he was like, oh, come back, blah, blah, blah. And my homegirl, he took my car. My homegirl ended up taking me. Um, I had never didn't, did nothing like this. I had never been pregnant. So she ended up going with me. Um, long story short, he was supposed to pick me up afterwards. He came late. Um, he brought my medication home late. My homegirl had to end up taking me all the way home. So basically he wasn't there for any of it. Afterwards, I started running a fever. Um, I had gotten really sick and I didn't know what was wrong with me. So I called the office where I had gotten it done. And I was just like, listen, like I need to see the doctor because I'm not right. So I went back and turns out like it was partially complete. Mm -hmm. So that's what was making me still sick. So basically I had to go through it again, but this time I was by myself. So, um, yeah, I went through the procedure again by myself. And when I came to like, you know, I had to drive home and, um, I had told my dad that I had gotten a procedure. So, um, it's like the place was kind of hidden. So when you turn down the road, you got to drive to the main road to give you privacy. And when I was there, it was like two men and they had like Bible verses on. It was, it felt like something out of a movie. And they were just telling me like, I'm going to go to hell for what I did and asking me like, do I not feel bad? And telling me I needed to repent. And my dad was just like, forget them. He was like, just pay attention to the road. And he was like, try to get yourself you know, together and just talk to me until you get home. And after that, I don't know why, but I still stayed. And in between that, we continued to fight. And yeah. Okay. So at any point in this relationship where y'all continue to fight, did you reach out for help? Did you seek help? Um... I was working somewhere and um, the woman that owned the business, she basically, she was like, 
it seems like something is wrong. She was like, you come here and smile, but I feel like your eyes are sad. And she gave me her number and she told me, call her if I ever needed anything. And um, one day he hit me in my face and I just like, I couldn't take it no more. So were you going to work with these bruises on you? Like what's up with the job? Um, like basically the job, like, you know, you can wear your spirit shirt or whatever. So like I said, he was very big on appearances. So he was never going to put his hands on me where somebody could see it. Like that wasn't about to be the case. But I knew I had to leave when we got into it once again in the car after having a really good day, I thought. And, um, we got into it in the car and I just, I would not entertain, like, after after the abortion situation, I was just numb. And um, I started just ignoring his ass. Like, I was just, it was like I was walking on eggshells because I didn't want to do nothing to piss him off. I didn't want to have no argument. Like, I just wanted to have just a decent day. Mm-hmm. And I forgot this, but the day before I had the procedure done, I lost my job. So not only did I lose my job, but on top of that, I'm sick. And that I got the procedure that Friday. He broke up with me that Saturday. And yeah, like I, I said. Imagine how you would feel during all of this. I felt like, I don't know. At that point, I'm not going to say I had alienated Ellen alienated my family but I wasn't telling them what was going on like to this day they still I know my mom always be like a mother's intuition always knows she always say that um and I feel like my dad knows like bits and pieces but they don't know like everything Mm -hmm. no so um you were talking about the lady saying that she saw some sadness in your eyes is that the lady that referred you to seek counseling or help like how did that go yeah she actually told me um she was like listen you know you told me you wanted help and she was like I'm gonna offer you help one time to get out but she was like if you don't take it I'm not gonna help you again so she was like let me know when you are ready and I let her know when I was ready she gave me a phone number and she was like call this phone number and they're gonna tell you that they got somewhere for you to stay And she was like, but when you leave, you need to be ready to leave. So get everything you need and not be ready to go back. So um, I got a small storage, right? (laughs) Um, A lot of my furniture was still there. So I got a small storage. I put all my clothes like in garbage bags and suitcases that I had because they told me I could only bring one bag where I was going. So um, it was either that or go back to Tallahassee. And I was just like, I can't go back and give up on everything that I've worked for, like, I don't know. It seemed like even though I was going through all of that, I still feel like I had to succeed in my career and I still wanted to succeed in pageantry and modeling. So I took the option the woman gave me. And when I went there, it was um, a domestic violence center for trauma. And um, they welcomed me. It was somewhere very private. Nobody knew, you know, where I was. You can't give anybody the address. Um, They set me up with a counselor. They set me up with Tiffany, 
I'm not gonna cry. Right. And it's not even a problem. You're gonna make me cry, and I'm not gonna finish it. Like they helped save my life. Like, and it's not. They gave me, it wasn't the best place, but they gave me what I needed to believe in myself and help me figure out, you know, what was wrong to be in a situation like that. Because although, you know, a man should never put his hands on a woman, as a woman, you got to think enough of yourself, like, not to let somebody treat you that way. Yeah. For me, I think I cry more because I'm disappointed in myself and the choices and decisions that I made. And because of those decisions, you know, it did take me somewhere that I didn't want to be. Like while I was there, I was depressed. It was depressing. I'm literally in a room with six other women. One of those women had kids, like, and everybody there has been through something. But while you're there, like, you have the option to get counseling. They put you in financial classes so that you can get your financial independence back because people don't even realize, like, that is affected. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I was down to nothing. Like, the only thing I had was my car. I didn't have a job. I didn't pass my teaching certification test because I was going through so much with that. Like, I failed the test multiple times, and I didn't have the money to, like, go and retake the test again. So I just felt stuck. But through these resources, like, they genuinely helped me to get back on my feet. And um, they actually, I didn't know that in certain counties, if you do decide to go forward and press charges based on a domestic violence situation, like you live with somebody, so this is literally like your livelihood tied into it, they told me that they would give me money to press charges. Did you press charges? Honestly, I did not press charges. I was like being, I made a statement and I made sure like, you know, it was documented in that center. And the reason that they do that is simply because although I didn't press charges, if his name ever comes up for anything like that again, it's there. Mm -hmm. So... Shout out to them. I mean, sometimes they would get on my nerves and they drag their feet on some stuff. But at the end of the day, they helped me to get back on my feet. They helped me to move into my place. Like, they helped me to gain my life back. Like, and at, at that point, um, you, you, you went to the center, you seek help. Um, they helped you, you know, get back on your feet and get in a better position. As far as your mental state, how do you think you, um, how do you think you handled it as far as like missing him or feeling like you wanting to go back or did he ever reach out and try to communicate with you at any point? Um, when I first left, he did ask me to um move back in for a little while. But I was seeing right through that. He wanted me to help him with rent. And baby, I can't do it. You don't want me to. I can't help you with nothing. You done broke me out, baby. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, he did reach out on that aspect. But after that, we didn't communicate. Um, I know. 
No, I don't. Because at first I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. How did I get here? And I did feel like maybe we can work this out. Girl, in the in the damn domestic center and all still like, oh my God, what's still warped. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like once I really looked at it and I'm like, bitch, look where the fuck you are. Oh, look where you at. look where your life at because of a fucking man. Look where you at. So what you miss? What do you really miss? You don't miss shit. You got to get your life together. You don't have time to be missing nobody. You don't have the time or the energy or nothing. Every single thing that you have, you need to be trying to put into yourself. And once I had, it didn't take me long to start having those real conversations. Because I'm telling you, if you were there and you looked around and saw where you were at, you don't have time to miss nobody. Yeah. Miss him for what? Right. Well, I'm glad you finally got to that point of overcoming and realizing that you were so much more than that situation and you were so much more than being with a man like him. Like, you have so much going for yourself. So before we, you know, wrap up the episode, um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Or did you have any advice to give to a young woman that may have been going through this and don't really have the courage to speak out or um, are still like going through withdrawals or being with that man or to women who, um, um, I don't know. I forgot what I was going to say, but yeah. You <laughs> um, as you know, like I was scared to talk about this today because I'm scared of being judged. So mm-hmm. if you're going through this, like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to seek help. Don't be afraid to reach out to somebody. Don't ostracize yourself. And even if you are afraid, still leave because God got you always because that's who brought me through, you know? So no matter how hard it may seem to leave, no matter, you know, how much you may miss that person, no matter, you know, if you feel like, oh my God, I can't make it. You're going to make it. You're going to be just fine because you worth so much more. God didn't make you to be beat on. If so, he would have made you with bruises, but he didn't. So if you are in that situation, reach out to the domestic violence hotline. You can always reach out to me via Instagram. Um, I randomly had some girl reach out to me that I taught a couple of years ago. And, you know, I was able to help her get out of her situation. So just never feel like you alone and never feel like you got to stay with a man just to say you have a man or just because. You know, you don't love yourself enough to be alone. You enough. Right. That's all I got to say about it. Well, I appreciate you for being so courageous and so brave. Um, Because that was like a sensitive subject. I know we said we wasn't going to cry. You can make me cry. Stop crying, Tiffany. I can't do it. But um, I I do appreciate you for, you know, coming, um, you know, to speak. And, um... I'm so glad you, you know, you saw this through and you trusted God and you trusted, um, you know, the people in the domestic violence center with your life and with your livelihood. And I'm glad that they were able to help and you didn't have a story of, you know, those places not being effective or they're not, you know what I'm saying, really what they hype themselves up to be like, I'm glad you got the help you needed. Um, so For once sure again, so. 
the number for the um, domestic violence hotline, the national number is 1-800-799-7233. It's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. If it's not apparent enough now with what's been going on in the news media that you need to speak up, you need to get out, you need to seek help, let this episode, you know, just be your like your saving grace let this episode you know put it on your heart that you need to get out or talk to your sister cousin friend auntie mama who is going through this that they need to leave they need to go out like trust in god and some some if they they would see it through they would see it through so i want to that. <laughs> so we're gonna wrap this episode up thank you again tiffany i really appreciate it no problem and guys oh. if you want to you know reach out to me at all just concerning your situation or different resources. If you're in Florida, you can always hit me up at McLeod Nine Fitness um, on Instagram. My name is M C L E O D, the number nine, the word fitness on Instagram. So always hit me up. You can DM me. I'll respond back and definitely see what I can do to help you. All right, you know what to do. Hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Write and review the show on the Apple Podcast app. Let me know what you guys think. And until next time.